This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, we're going to time travel back to 2017. This is a rebroadcast of an episode that was done around Black Friday, and it is really about getting the Christmas music going around here. Uh, We have our awesome bad Christmas music playlist that you can find a link to in the show notes. Uh, Enjoy this. The fresh shit might not be quite as fresh. We're talking about things like the Punisher on this one. But hey, the Christmas music is awesome. And at least you get a a sense of what life was like in the before times. So let's hit the way back. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. Hello, all you magnificent listeners, welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast. My name is Brian, and today my friends Chris and Eric will be joining me to talk holidays. It's Black Friday weekend, we just had Thanksgiving, we're still digesting it, and we're going to talk about Thanksgiving, we're going to talk about Black Friday, and we're going to start our conversation about Christmas by talking about Christmas music. Now... I am a Christmas music aficionado. I have a playlist of what I call the awesome bad Christmas music, which is truly awesome and truly bad. Uh, You're hearing some of that behind me right now. But this is an unusual episode for us. We recorded two episodes worth of content, and we're going to split it up across two weeks. So this week, we're going to talk Thanksgiving, we're going to talk Black Friday, and we're going to get into the Christmas music thing. And then we'll pick up the discussion next week for even more holiday shenanigans. You can always contact us on Twitter at MagHuge, on Facebook.com slash MagnificentlyHuge, on Instagram, we're MagnificentlyHuge, or you can Gmail, uh, MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com. All right, let's get to it. It's Christmas time. Christmas is awesome! Hey, everybody! Ho, Merry Christmas. ho, ho. Happy Chinooka. So we are... We are... Trying an experiment here today. Um, this episode will go live shortly after Thanksgiving, but we're recording before Thanksgiving, so it's it doesn't make any sense for me to ask how everybody's Thanksgiving was. Mine was great. I'm assuming that the North Koreans haven't nuked us bef- between then and now, so assuming not, great. So this is this is our requisite uh, holiday episode then happy holiday yes there are many holidays that we're going to get into but let's talk about thanksgiving first um do you guys have traditions on thanksgiving or do you pretty much are you just insular at this point wait wait you you forgot uh the regular segment you're just jumping right in no we want freshness you're right of course well uh (laughs) we we should definitely talk about some fresh shit then (laughs) this shit is fresh Okay, so I got a bunch of fresh shit, and I swear I can jam through this fast, okay? Go. Watched, watched the first Punisher. Uh, oh, my God. This is the show I've always wanted. He, 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 he oh, murders yeah. the shit out of people. I watched the first episode, <laughs> and he kills three dudes with a sledgehammer, and they show the guy's head going when he hits him. I've always wanted to kill somebody with a fucking sledgehammer. That is, like, <laughs> the show for me. I did not watch the... The, the Street Avengers, whatever, that you know came before it. So I don't exactly understand the start of The Punisher, but I don't care. It's very Bill Bixby in the Hulk in that he's hiding, but he's killing. So it's good. You've only done one episode? Yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm, I don't want to binge it. I want to actually enjoy it, like, well, find one. I'll, I'll, I'll fill you in when we get to, to my segment, because that's... Uh, spoiler, that's that's my fresh shit. Oh, all right. Well, don't tell me too much about... Oh, your, your fresh shit is also the Punisher? Yes. All right. Well, don't tell me too much that happens after that first episode. Oh, I'm going like to spill say, the beans. You're, you're going to know it all. Fuck you. Huh. <laughs> uh, also, on um, Yacht Rock, uh, Beyond Yacht Rock, the podcast, they did a great episode on Canadian music uh, that you should check out. It's fun because it's all hockey music. And... Uh, it's neat. What's an example of hockey music? Like songs about uh, hockey? Like, yeah, like Stompin' Tom doing a hockey game. Hello out there, we're on the air. It's hockey night tonight. 
tension grows, the whistle blows, and the puck goes down the ice. Or um, <laughs> the big rink, you know, like 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 these Canadian-made Canada hockey songs. And okay, <laughs> it's 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 funny. It's fun. The only one I know is it's one by Warren Zevon called "Hit Somebody." That's a good one. <laughs> there were Swedes to the left of them, Russians to the right. A check at the blue line, looking for a fight. Brains over brawn, that might work for you. But what's a Canadian farm boy to do? Hit somebody. What else can a farm boy from Canada do? Hit somebody. Is he Warren Canadian? I don't, think he is. I don't think he's Canadian, but that's the only one I know. But they had a great idea for making the NHL more interesting, and I really love this idea. Um, okay, so we split the NHL up so that it's even number of teams in Canada and hockey, and then the Stanley Cup playoffs are always between Canada and the U.S. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Well, except that there's a majority of players from uh, Europe as well. Yeah, so and, and, the, and they're pussies. You know, we're, we're, <laughs> we're, we're talking NHL hockey. Yeah, that's um, what I'm talking about. So it's hard for me because I'm a Sharks fan, and they always do great during the season, and then just choke terribly during the the playoffs. <laughs> and all my coworkers live in Detroit, and so they're all Red Wings fans, and I can't commiserate with them because they're just like, yeah, Wings all the way. Yeah, but you got to give them some some sympathy because they have to live in Michigan. That that is true. Yeah. I, and they can see I mean, Canada Jesus from their Christ, house. Jesus Christ, I'll give them hockey. You know, there are, there, <laughs> true story, there's actually uh, a piece of uh, Detroit where Canada is to the south. Um, it, yeah. It like, wraps around. Um, yeah, they are the first country to the south of the United States. One of the times I was over there, someone was like, hey, do you want to, like, go over <laughs> to the lake and throw rocks at Canada? You know. <laughs> anyway. Uh. Uh, anyway, I, that's, that's my fresh shit. I had one other thing, but I, for the life of me, cannot remember what it was. Well, we're going to come back to you, so that's okay. You got, you got to write this stuff down, Eric. Uh, I, I watched The Punisher. Well, half of The Punisher. Uh. All right. So I, so I'm about six more episodes into it than Eric. Uh, and it's interesting so far. It kind of has the patina of 24 Although I never watched 24, but I imagine this is what 24 was maybe kind of like. Uh, so it might be like a show you haven't watched? <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, it's got all like the... You've seen the other episodes, but am I wrong in thinking, if you just went off of that first episode like I did, it's a lot like the uh, CBS Hulk show in that it's a guy who works shit jobs and uses a fake name and in the end hulks out and like kills bad people. Well, the whole gist is when he was in the second series of Daredevil, he was actually killing all the mobsters that wronged him. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, and so the beginning of the first episode is where he was finishing that job and then uh, tries to put it all to rest. And then, oh. But then he finds out there's a larger conspiracy and then starts to go after the the other people that helped kill his family. So it's, it's just a continuation of that. So he doesn't show up in that weird thing thing with uh jennifer jones and and daredevil and luke cage and danny Rand, the defenders in, the defenders yeah no. he doesn't show up in that because i didn't no. watch any of that no basically the the way that the punisher is set up i like it it's sort of a return to form to the marvel shows who've had varying degrees of success but it's they all have sort of uh, a theme that they're working which i think is interesting so like daredevil is all about uh, reconciling his faith versus his actions because he's he's a Catholic, but he goes out and beats the living shit out of people, uh, and so it's like that Catholic guilt thing. How is that not uh, Catholic? Oh. Having like had the, firsthand experience with nuns, I can say that is bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but it's basically it's like him wrestling with his moral conundrum of being a a guy that beats the shit out of people, but then wants to you know be nice and churchy, I guess. Uh, but Jennifer Jones is the, the the woman empowerment thing, taking control back from your uh, your harasser, your predator, or whatever. Uh, so that your was rapist. interesting. Come on, it's a yeah. rape metaphor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. And then uh, it's not even a metaphor. That was pretty. Yeah, no, heavy. it's yeah, it's pretty outright. Uh, so that one is interesting. And then Luke Cage is sort of about the I I 
kind of the black experience and sort of how the the inner city sort of uh, turns on itself, I guess. Uh, so that was interesting. But then you have Iron Fist, which is just b- bullshit from Danny frame Rand. One. I'm Danny Rand. I'm Danny Rand. Wah, wah, wah. I'm Danny Rand. <laughs> but 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 I'm Danny Rand. <laughs> do you know who I am? I'm Danny Rand. That's the show, and it's like fuck off. Do you know? And then, do you know who that is? That's Danny Rand. <laughs> they should have just called it that. Danny I've, Rand. I fell yeah. off the boat with these shows. Like I wa- I love Jessica Jones, and I I couldn't even be bothered to go watch Daredevil season two, let alone Luke Cage, Iron Fist, or Defenders. I've I've completely fallen behind this whole thing. Yeah, mm. you don't really need to bother as much with with Luke Cage. It's fun. They do the black exploitation thing, uh, and it's mm. you know interesting. But you know it's not amazing. But D- season Daredevil one season of two Jennifer cool. Jones was surprisingly good, uh, and I totally rec- suggest you get on Daredevil season two because that's where we yeah. get the first Punisher, and yeah. John Bernthal is like the perfect casting choice. Yeah, but when you get to the series Punisher, they're they're just as they're sort of exploring uh, like post traumatic stress disorder and veterans, and it's an interesting angle, and everybody's just really yeah. fucked up. Uh, so they kind of, I guess, they don't go into a lot of depth, and it's not like anything overly dramatic because uh, it's mostly an action show. But at least they kind of touch on how fucked up war makes certain people, and so you can kind of get a grip. And essentially, they they almost humanize Frank Castle, so that because when you have a show centered around a guy that's just essentially killing people left and right like a homicidal maniac, sociopath, it's it's a hard task to make him sympathetic in certain ways. Unless you're me. Yeah. Unless you're Eric. I watch it and I'm just like, yeah, fucking go fucking go. You know, when Eric snaps and goes off, we're all going to just be like, you know, it's not going to be like those. those, Oh, I never saw that. coming. Yeah. Yeah. Have you listened to the podcast? (laughs) I I always envision it like, uh, like that scene in early on in bull Durham, uh, at the first game, (laughs) <laughs> when the the guy's calling the game and then he and he throws Crash Davis out and he's like, oh, it looks like he used a certain word with the referee and then the on the sidelines like must have called him a cocksucker. <laughs> I imagine that's going to be Eric's like moment. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Punisher, that's pretty much all I've had time for this week, uh, and it's fun, but it's it's a conspiracy political thingy with. Uh, an increasing body count as the show progresses, but it's still got a lot of lull moments, so be prepared. Okay, so I've got a few things, and I honestly don't know where I found the time for all this. Because, um, I mean, I've st- I've been trying to finish up the remodels. I was hanging shelving yesterday and working very careful to, to get all the shelving level with each other, and all I'm just all I can hear in my head is Rick from Rick and Morty talking about true level. What are you doing? You want your shelf level or not? And if I say yes, you're gonna provide that for me with that? Yes, see the bubble? I'm familiar with the bubble, Morty. I also dabble in precision, and if you think you can even approach it with your sad, naked caveman eyeball and a bubble of air, you're the reason this species is a failure, and it makes me angry. You're drunk. You wanna put up a shelf, put up a shelf. You want to experience true level? <laughs> Do you? Uh, I, I love that clip. But um, I saw uh, Gilderoy Lockhart's Murder on the Orient Express. Um, okay, I, Kenneth Branagh's uh, Murder on the Orient Express. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's much to say about this movie, really. Uh, I had not ever seen any other version or read Murder on the Orient Express, so I did not know how it played out. How is that possible? That thing's been around since 1934. Um, yeah. And I guess so. Well, maybe you, (laughs) okay, maybe I just assumed everybody was like me, and and when I was a kid, I went through my Agatha Christie phase and read a (laughs) a bunch of stuff, so. Uh huh. Never mind. Yeah, my I, mom was big on that, and so I saw the '70s one with Lauren Bacall and and Albert Finney. But yeah, I can't even remember how it went because I never cared. I I know the twist. I know the twist. So yeah, I'm not gonna bother spoiling the twist for the five people like myself who don't know it. But the I, the fun part of it is watching Kenneth Bran Branagh's version of uh, Hercule Poirot. How do you pronounce his last name? Yeah, because um, his whole deal is uh, he's you know 
He's like Sherlock Holmes in that he is very observant, but he's super irritated by things that are wrong. And that's yeah. that's what makes him a good detective is that he's annoyed by things. And that's that's where he finds his clues. And yet he's got that fabulous mustache. Well, the fabulous mustache. I mean, like he even has a sleep mask for the mustache in this movie. <laughs> um, he wears a half Windsor knot in his tie. He criticizes other people's ties multiple times in this movie. But his own fucking knot, he ties a knot that can never be symmetrical. And I just think that's out of character. So anyway. Um... <laughs> Not much to say. It's a it's a movie full of cameos, right? It's uh, it's a bunch of cameos. What I want to talk about is a series that got its hooks into me, and I ended up binging the entire first season, and that's The Good Place. Have either of you seen yep. this thing? I haven't. No. I've been watching it religiously. It's like the one comedy I can't not watch. Oh my god! So are you, you're watching season two, then, aren't you? Yeah, I'm caught up. Okay, so I. I just got to the end of season one because I watched season one like a three-day binge, which best is, twist ever. Yeah, I mean, well, the thing is that like every that show's got layers, man. Like every episode, they just reveal a little bit more and reveal a little bit more, or a little, you know. And once you get to season two, you're the fear is going to be, wait a minute now, how do they sustain this? They do. That's all I can tell you. They do. I am so glad to hear that because yes, that was the fear. Um, especially given the end of season one. But um, I love that her her soulmate character is a moral philosophy professor and they're able to just stick all sorts of philosophy into this otherwise ridiculous show. Mm -hmm. Um, There's more of that. And I love Janet the creepy robot thing. The basic setup is Kristen Bell is a selfish bitch who grew up in Phoenix and um, she dies and goes to the good place. And in the good place... You are paired up with your soulmate for eternity, and uh, she is there erroneously. She is she is in a tiny little shitty house full of clown art that she hates, and her neighbors are these obnoxiously nice and successful people with you know palatial estates. And it's worth it's worth pointing out she's she has the same name as someone else who was supposed to go to the good place and so right. her the backstory of this person isn't hers and she knows it but she's not telling anyone because she knows that she's actually supposed to be in the bad place because she was a bad person but it's it's extremely well written it's it's legitimately funny and legitimately clever um and there are just a lot of silly gags, like the towns. It, the whole uh, afterlife is is a little town that's being designed by Ted Danson, who is like your Mister Rourke for the afterlife. And uh, you know he's designed it to be, you know, what he thinks is going to be the the right afterlife. And so there's lots of yogurt shops, and a and a restaurant called Eating Nemo, and uh, <laughs> but they have like. Um, just little snippets. They have like a, a a quiz that they're given to see if if you're supposed to be in the good place or the bad place, and it's got questions on it like, "Did you ever have a personalized license plate?" or "Have you ever paid money to listen to California funk rock group the Red Hot Chili Peppers?" Just- <laughs> <laughs> chili pepper, chili, chili pepper, chili, chili. <laughs> And uh, there are demons, and when demons do karaoke, they read the Nixon tapes. Uh, shit like that. So uh, it is uh, definitely worth your time. Check it out. So Thanksgiving. Um, what, are your, what are your plans for Thanksgiving, or what were your plans for Thanksgiving, depending on time travel? My wife makes doing- really good things, so she's she's making some uh, low carb friendly turkey uh, 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 foods, and we're gonna have you know friends over who live in Oregon, and uh, my mother in law lives with us, so she's of course gonna be with us, and we're gonna have like a family thing, but her family and friends, uh, yeah, and nice. I'm gonna do what I can to avoid Arizona. Nice. You should do all of those things. Low carb. <laughs> yeah. Now, so Weight Watchers. I've been doing Weight Watchers for like four months. And I'm down like 40 pounds, by the way. Um, but turkey is like the lowest point protein you can get on Weight Watchers. Like you can eat a ton of turkey for like practically free. So yeah. have at it. Same with low carb. It's like I can eat the whole turkey if I want. Do it. <laughs> 
Like, put that turkey in your mouth and just eat it. Like, the whole turkey. I don't even cook it, man. I just eat it. I just, like, tear <laughs> yeah. it into little parts and go, fuck yeah. you, turkey. I'm eating you. And then I got feathers ah. coming out of my mouth and blood. <laughs> ah, Well, we don't do turkey at my house. Cause... Eric is the turkey punisher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't do it to meal because my wife is allergic to poultry. Uh, oh. So... We we basically do uh, alternatives uh, depending on the year, but she'll cook up something nice. Pot and, roast. Uh, pot roast is more Christmassy. Like Thanksgiving, mm. we usually do make maybe like a pork loin or something like that. Uh, it's just basically the two of us this year, so we're just hanging out in the house and probably gonna nap and watch TV and whatnot. I will say, growing up was all about. Uh, the immediate family in Arizona, mom, dad, sister, uh, whichever grandparent was living with us at the time, my mother cooking a turkey and a whole bunch of shit and being really angry about it the whole time, uh, but insisting (laughs) on doing it anyway. Uh, and then us sitting down and, uh, everyone arguing and, and me just sort of like sitting there shoveling food. That was, well, that sounds splendid. That was it. And then my sister had kids, and then so it would be her and uh, uh, the guy she was with and the two kids, and now they're all making a lot of noise, and I'm just shoveling food. (laughs) So that's a good segue into how my Thanksgiving goes. So uh, since I married Jolene and we have the blended family, like Thanksgiving has become ridiculous because on her side of the family, like her parents never gave up on being the matriarch patriarch people even though they divorced and so they still want to have all the traditions as if you know jolene and her siblings were still children and it's like how do we get them to stop this so we have like way too many goddamn things we have to do around the holidays so (laughs) you know we've been trying to whittle that down and whittle that down because you know by now we've got like grandchildren um but my thanksgiving i am going to have three different things this weekend, and they'll, they'll all be done by the time this podcast goes live. But on Thursday, I'm going to have Thanksgiving dinner at my mom's, which is nice. And then on Friday, we've finally gotten Jolene's mom to move her shit off of Thanksgiving Day and onto the day after. It used to be that we would have to go to the zoo on Thanksgiving morning and then have a, a picnic, like a weenie roast, because... They never did Thanksgiving dinner that way because, as her mom said, if I have to cook that big meal, I have nothing to be thankful for. Um, <laughs> so now we've got, we managed to get rid of the zoo part. We're having the weenie roast on Friday at a park. And then um, now that my daughters have kids, there's too many of my kids and grandkids to invite them to my mom's house for Thanksgiving Day. So we're going to do like a different picnic with sliders or something on Saturday. So I'm going to have three goddamn big family meals by the time this podcast airs. That's my mm. Thanksgiving. Well, um, food. Yeah. But there's going to be lots of food and yeah, I'm totally not worrying about my weight for the next week. Good luck. Just don't Yeah. Just don't put the whole turkey in your mouth. Like Eric with the feathers yeah. and the blood and the gristle <laughs> and the beak. The beak goes gong 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 gong. So we don't actually call it Thanksgiving. We call it Butter Day because everything is cooked with butter. So Jolene, literally, I am not making this up. She painted a painting of a stick of butter and framed it, and it hangs in our house in the last two weeks of of November to celebrate Butter Day. So, Uh, see, that's the thing is, I I always feel bad for Thanksgiving as a holiday because it's sandwiched as it is between Halloween and Christmas. And so it's sort of like mm-hmm. it's sort of like the the Jan Brady of winter holidays because everybody goes nuts for Halloween <laughs> and then uh, it's Thanksgiving it's like everybody focuses and it's just you know gorge yourself Marsha 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 yeah and then and then everybody's getting ready for Christmas like even even before Thanksgiving you start seeing all the Christmas shit come out so it's like Thanksgiving just like oh yeah, yeah oh there there's a day uh, you know have some food. And uh, avoid your family, maybe watch some football. And uh, maybe as a grown up, 
But as a kid, <laughs> but as a kid, that was like two days off. You know, you got two yeah. days out of it. They, I, I, I fucked school out of two days of my time. Whereas, you know, <laughs> Halloween was nothing. Halloween was like, like cosplay for kids and who cares. But when Thanksgiving comes, oh my God, that's two full days of not having to get yelled at. Yeah, but not f- for me. It's like growing <laughs> up when it was like, you know, when it would have been a wondrous experience. Uh, is when we're living in New Mexico and we would drive from northern New Mexico, almost Colorado, over to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to my aunt and uncle's house. And that's like a 16-something hour drive. And my dad, being a dad, just will drive straight through and won't fucking stop anywhere. And so we're driving (laughs) through New Mexico and the Texas Panhandle and Oklahoma in like end of November where it's just fucking bitter cold, like snow and ice on the roads. And we would leave, like, I guess the, the Tuesday, I want to say. Uh, and so we would get there the day before Thanksgiving, and you would just spend the whole day just in a daze because you've been just trapped in a car. And then you would oh, do the... Yeah, and then and you, you're, like, sore yeah. and irritated. And then you do the Thanksgiving thing, and then it's, like, family, family, family. And even today, I'm like, I just I just need some space, man. I, I need to fucking just be alone for, like, 30 minutes just go away <laughs> you can you know when you're a kid it looks like you're just this sulking little <laughs> bastard but it's like just fucking go away leave me the fuck alone and so it's just all this family 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 and then you got to pack everything up and leave in like a day and a half it's like ah fuck so that was thanksgiving growing up and i never really caught into it uh except for like you know it's a good meal and then uh i feel the exact same way and i gotta say in all likelihood that's why you and i separately never had ki- also together never had kids i mean there's yeah. just something disturbing <laughs> yeah. about about like pulling life out of the ether creating it against its will and then making it sit at a table and get talked at by old people i can't yeah. do that to anybody well there was that well, you'll, you'll notice that my children aren't actually invited to thanksgiving yeah. dinner and i'm as it should be that's because you're a good be. person brian yeah. that's because you're a good person yeah well, anyway, um, but but Chris, you kind of uh, with the sandwiching it in, you you gave me a decent segue to talk about Black Friday. Yeah, don't. What if, don't first of all, it. when the fuck did Black Friday even become a thing? And now the stores are open on Thanksgiving Day for their Black Friday sales. So is Thanksgiving even a holiday? It's under those circumstances. It's a pre- well, it's a pre- it's Christmas kind of going shopping. back the other way. Yeah. It's it's kind of snapping back the other way because like Black Friday started like yeah like twenty years ago or something literally so companies could get into the black for the end of the year. I mean that's the idea oh, is that right. yeah. they so they can sell all the rest of their stuff. It's nothing racist. It's really so that they can sell enough product that they've you know uh, they're profitable for the year. But then they kept having these doorbuster sales, which stopped being funny when Target employees were actually getting trampled to death and. Mm-hmm. A lot of these stores are saying, you know, it's not worth it to have these these sales and look like the craven assholes that we are. See, so they're rolling it back, and a lot of stores aren't open on Thanksgiving. No, anymore. that's not true. They did that last year. Last year they rolled it back. This year it's full blast. Yeah. This year it's like Target's open. You know, the sale starts at like six p.m. on mm. or whatever. Yeah, it's goes to midnight, and then they reopen. But what they are doing this year that is smart is they're just starting the sale earlier. Like, most of the Black Friday sales are already on. Mm-hmm. Um, so people can just kind of go whenever. Well, I have two things on that. So one, uh, so this year Walmart, from what I understand, uh, is making the prices lower in the stores than they are online to force people to go into the fucking stores, mm. which I get, I think that's just shitty. Uh, personally, and this <laughs> yeah, is targets doing doorbusters yeah, also, but this yeah. is, this is coming from, oh, wow. uh, me who had basically, uh, stumbled into a retail management career for a large number of years. And so I am extremely, extremely bitter around this time of year, uh, because of all the time that I lost because of things having to be open <laughs> and having to wait on people who were just in, in love with the idea of yes. being able to shop and they would come into your store and they're like, I can't believe you guys are open on Thanksgiving. It's like, fuck you, go home. You're the fucking reason I'm here. And you just want to punch them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they just like this disconnect. So, and so it's like every year it was that. And it's like, I mean, I got to fucking work. Oh, great. And so I never really enjoyed that any That was actually of it. a question I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask, like, what jobs have you had where you had to work on Thanksgiving Day? Uh, a lot. Video store clerk. I, yeah, video store. Uh, yeah. 
the the movie theater being an usher yep. at the movie theater. Yeah. That one, that one yep. was. I I movie think theater. I liked that one because it was it was low stakes and sad. It's like I didn't have like a whole lot to do, but whoever did show up was such a sad sack that it was like, oh, I got to write about this person for my journal. They're a character for something, yeah. you know. Now, the stupidest job I had to work on Thanksgiving Day was at a pizza place. Now, seriously, can we not close the pizza place? On th- like, yeah. don't people have yeah. something else to fucking eat? No, no, Jesus. they don't. <laughs> but yeah, but now that's got to be be where all the people when they leave the movie theater go to get uh, food. I imagine that being the depressing food. I place. think it's where the people who are watching football <laughs> or something. I don't yeah. know. Well, for me, it was uh, my last retail gig was. It's now a couple years out, so I'm kind of I'm slowly losing my my bitterness. <laughs> but uh, but it, they went through blocking the painful memories. Yeah, but they went. And I worked at a bookstore, and they went through a thing where it's like, oh, we need to jump on this Black Friday bandwagon, and so they would open. They decided to open the store at like six a.m. And then I I always drew the short straw and was like the opening manager, and so I had to make sure I had to get there at like five in the morning to get the the books ready and get everything set up, and then watch people roll in, and then you'd have like they would have like a a doorbuster prize where we would hand out like like a hundred bags to the first hundred people in line and then call it a day and people would start lining up. So the first year it was a really big success and then they're like, Oh, we need to do this again. And so it was like literally like the last four years of my employment with that bookstore, I was there every black Friday at 5 AM and just, just irritated and tired and just pissy because I had to be there. And then <laughs> apparently the year, the, the next year after I quit, they stopped doing it. And I wanted, ah, I was so mad. I was so mad. (laughs) I have this image, though, of like when you said, I have to show up at five and get the books ready. I had this image of like an animated bookstore where you're like, come on, guys, it's the big sale. Is everybody ready? And then like, you know, all these copies of Shakespeare and Dickens like, yeah, we're ready. Be our guest. Be our guest. And they're all like marching around and getting themselves pretty. And that is exactly what it was like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what this story <laughs> What this story mostly reminds me of is we would have some some fairly outrageous New Year's Eve celebrations for a while there and Chris was working at the Blockbuster at the time and he would always have to open on New Year's Day mm-hmm. like having not slept and really needing to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well luckily we opened late but the yeah those were never fun. Like when you show up to work, you and, had my sympathy. Yeah, when you show up to work and you're still on, like, whatever you've been doing, like just liquor and <laughs> and whatever, uh, it's just yeah, no fun. Okay, I I want to put a pin in this and say we've got to do a future show on working retail because I know we all have some of the most fucked <laughs> exactly. up just stories yeah. to yeah. share. That's everybody's been a clerk somewhere. Fucking a. Yeah. So yeah. So that's a uh, that's my that's my Thanksgiving. Uh, don't much care for it, but the meals are good. So when should the Christmas decorations go up? Should they go up before Thanksgiving no. or after no. or what? December first. <laughs> December first. I'm a bad one to ask. I love Christmas. I'll put them up like uh, after too. Halloween. After Halloween, I'm pulling out candy canes. <laughs> Fuck and, no. Fuck and, no. And, getting trees and oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. I want my whole house to smell like <laughs> gingerbread. <laughs> no we usually we usually put ours up but we we do ours like uh like three weeks out it's like boom and then like within a week after uh once the new year's hits it's all down so it's like not even a month it's up here's the thing for me like i i need to like keep the holidays in sequence so for me i i feel like i can deal with the sales and the decorations and the buy your shit to go decorate your house if you want to stuff but the christmas music needs to not fucking happen until thanksgiving night and that's how it is in my world so i agree when we pull out the driveway of my mom's house on thanksgiving day there's a tradition in my car and that is the thousand foot crutch jingle bell rock gets blasted really loud in that driveway with the guy yelling jingle bell time Headbang all the way home, and it is Christmas music 
nonstop irritating the shit out of my kids until we get to Christmas from there on in. <laughs> well, when I when, when I was working at the store, we'd have that awful canned music uh, come in uh, towards the end, and I didn't have any control whatsoever, and so that was really fucking obnoxious. But <laughs> but bef- before that, we had how much Nat King Cole did you sit through? Well, I can handle some yeah. Nat King Cole, but it's you know it's just the incessant. Yes, sir. It's like when you get to the '90s stuff. That's when I just want to. Just oh god! Punch somebody oh, in the face the with a songs. fork. Yeah, yeah. I can tune most of it out, but that little drummer boy that started in the '60s or '70s. Oh my fuck! I just I punch walls. I get violent when I hear it. It's like it's like it's like Olivia Newton John's "I Honestly Love You." I put them together next to each other on the shelf. They are just uh, the worstest songs. But yeah. any other Christmas song, music, so I'm pretty okay of with. Little drummer boy. I I fucking love it. So um. I put out a playlist every year of the awesome bad Christmas music, and I listen to some stupid ass Christmas music. Yeah, you, um, yeah, you do. There's, <laughs> there's one, there's one that my son just cannot fucking stand because he doesn't really like hip hop, and it's this co- song just called "It's Christmas Time," and it's it's just this like Miami beat like breakdancing song. <laughs> oh God. It's Christmas time. It's so bad. One that I, that I love though, and, and really it was Jolene's fault that we got into like crazy Christmas music because she would just go to like Bookman's or what or the dollar store and buy any Christmas album and just give it a spin, see what it was like. Um, so we started listening to all kinds of Christmas music, and of course there's the radio station that that just starts playing Christmas music nonstop. Yeah. And one year we had that station on on Christmas Day, and they played the most amazing song it is uh joseph spence iteration of santa claus is coming to town <laughs> that thing is awful and what the hell was he singing so unlistenable <laughs> and i'm just imagining the poor fucker who had to like work the radio station on christmas day going if i have to play christmas music for one last fucking day and i'm the asshole who has to do it on christmas day this is what i'm playing bitches listen to this shit and i'm taking y'all with me i'm gonna punch you in the face with a sledgehammer well the music i get i get much pleasure out of that well there's there's certain songs that do it for me uh that kind of tell me it's christmas and and the one and i don't know why it is but it just is but uh christmas and hollis by run dmc as soon as i hear that yeah. on the radio i'm like i'm in, okay it's christmas i'm good now i love that one it's christmas time in hollis queens mom's cooking chicken and collard greens rice and stuffing macaroni and cheese and santa put gifts under christmas trees decorate the house with lights at night snow's on the ground snow white so bright Oh, that's awesome. I, I, can, I can listen to that all day long. There's a Christmas song that I shouldn't like, but I absolutely adore it. And whenever it comes on, everything stops so I can listen to it and smile. Uh, Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas is You. I shouldn't like that song. It is oh, so against not. my nature, and yet I hear it and I go, "Yeah." She hits that weird. It's a happy song. She hits that weird high note at the end. Uh, uh, not my cup of yeah. tea. And it's also why I like Love Actually, not because of the creepy stalkery stuff that's in that movie, but <laughs> yeah. because of the thing with the kid and the other kid who sings that song in the school play. I've still never seen it, but I was looking at the soundtrack list today because uh, I knew you would bring up Love Actually. <laughs> And I wanted to see what was on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I did see that Otis Redding does uh, White Christmas in that one, which is cool. I, 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 
So, um, my mom used to play a whole lot of choral music. She has like a CD changer just to play choral music at Christmas time, oh. I swear. Uh, and so the only thing that was ever a respite for me in her house was the Mannheim Steamroller. It was, you know, it was better. There's a lot of stuff like that. So like there's the Mannheim Steamroller and the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Every time um, I hear the the Carol the Bells by Mannheim the- Steamroller, it always makes me think of like uh, the 10 o'clock newscast. On Christmas Eve. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's all I could think of. <laughs> that, that's a kind of a fucked up mix. I remember when my dad was big on Rush Limbaugh in the 90s, and, and Rush Limbaugh had this thing about Mannheim Steamroller, and I love this Mannheim Steamroller thing, and I just remember thinking, I don't know anything about this Mannheim Steamroller thing, except... To be, they are now the new soundtrack of the Nazis because Rush Limbaugh introduced them. <laughs> yeah, you're not off so, base. An album, an album I would encourage you to to at least hear a little bit of is some guy did an album called The Toolbox Christmas, which uh, as many of the instruments as possible were shit from his his workbench. Um, <laughs> and the best part is he does the dance of the sugar plum fairy. And when he goes, you know, when he goes, it's a circular saw cutting with smart cracks me up every time. That's good. But my probably my favorite Christmas recording right now is, and most of the album it's from isn't worth a shit, but the Sarah McLaughlin rendition of the first Noel is like the 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 where's the word frisson where you get the goosebumps like yeah. that shit gives gives me goosebumps every time it's so good when they play the video do they play the song over like emaciated puppies i Sure, probably. Because <laughs> she does things for animal rights. And I think that goose bumpy, <laughs> that goose bumpy thing is something Chris and I have, uh, we've come up with the term piss shiver, which is <laughs> yeah, yeah. the shiver you get when you take a really good piss and you just go, oh, it's a piss shiver. <laughs> yeah, that was, I think that was at one point I, I told with that as the name of my fake punk band, the piss shivers. Yeah. <laughs> piss shiver. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Do you, uh, did they play a lot of the Brian Setzer Orchestra when you were at retail, Chris? Uh, it would pop up. Like he's got like three Christmas albums. Yeah, he's he's a side industry all unto himself now for Christmas. So more power to him, but uh, I just I can't. Him and the Trans Siberian Orchestra. Yeah, like I I kick it old school for the most part. Like I I was looking at this and I divvied it up into uh like the the standard Christmas songs that have just been around so long cover or not it's yeah. just everybody knows him like and Bing Crosby and all that yeah uh, and White Christmas is, I guess is the top selling uh, single of all time I think it's like 50 some odd million copies over the life of, it, of its existence of uh, so it's just immense Christmas. Uh, so there's the standards oh, and then oh god what oh I just realized that I, I completely failed to warn you about the Elvis Presley version of Blue Christmas that fucking thing is my least favorite, my personal least favorite <laughs> Christmas song. Oh, I, I agree with you, <laughs> but I love singing it. I love, I love, like, like when I hear it, I will break into like Coke Elvis, which is no enunciation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful but uh but yeah there's that but if you're gonna go Bing Crosby the one that always peps me up uh is Meli Kalikimaka because it's him and, the, <laughs> him and the Andrews sisters I just I don't know why it just makes me smile when I hear it because it's Meli Kalikimaka is the thing there's a group called the Pupini sisters that are basically doing the Andrews sisters uh modern and they do a, a good version of that okay very much in that same nice uh 
country sway. Yep. So the other one that really kills me is the John Lennon War is Over. God, I really because don't like that song. Yoko Omo shrieking like a banshee at the end. <laughs> and I'm, I'm convinced that the children who are singing along with her are screaming in pain. They're going, <laughs> Well, the, the thing I hate about that song is that it, the opening line is probably the most condescending opening line to any song ever, really, but especially for a Christmas song. It's like, so it is Christmas. What have you done? It's like, fuck you. <laughs> That's what I've done. I'm high-roading you right from the beginning of the fucking song. Yeah. yeah. But and John Hinckley Jr. sitting there going, oh, uh, oh, you're going to find out. Yeah. But <laughs> <What> I... <laughs> <laughs> with a revolver and just like uh, like loading it one two three. but uh, uh, that was but, good but compared to uh, McCartney's wonderful Christmas time though the, the Lennon one is uh, great but the, the McCartney one just it's so treacly saccharine just oh, just give it up dude it's just too bouncy too just too much but if you if you listen, but we bought a synthesizer, and we can't even set the delay to be like at the same tempo as yeah. the beat. Yeah, yeah, fuck that song. But what's funny though is if you if you go online, you can find you know who uh, Peter Serafinowicz is. Uh, he most recently was in The Tick on Amazon, and he's been in Guardians of the Galaxy mm-hmm. and on a bunch of BBC stuff. And this is some clip from some show he did on BBC uh, where they're making fun of McCartney doing Wonderful Christmas Time, and it's like Ringo remembers Christmas 79, and it's him reflecting back to Paul asking him to do this song, and he's like, sure, I'll do it. And he's like, but I in just retrospect, I looked at the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, and it's basically just a song about, it's called uh, A Sexual Christmas, and it's they're doing a parody of Wonderful Christmas Time, but it's just all about being just gross and orgy-like Uh but he, he's like bouncing around like McCartney with but the singing it like night. McCartney. Yeah, yeah, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> Christmas night is here again and we're all drinking wine. The men are all excited and the ladies looking fine. It's getting very hot in here. Let's loosen up our clothes. You're a lady. I'm a man. Now here's what I propose. Let's all have a sexual Christmas night. But it's so it's better than the actual song. Yeah, to be honest. <laughs> so there are some good like modern artist uh Christmas tunes. You mentioned um of course Christmas and Hollis. Yeah. And that was the very special Christmas album. like so there's actually a good uh no doubt song. There's Oi to the World, uh which is hmm. like a ska Christmas song. <laughs> Um, the Shonen Knife. Oh man. Um, what? What's the name of that song that they do? Merry Merry Christmas, Happy Happy Christmas, and Merry New Year. That thing. I don't know oh, that one. That's you gotta funny. hear that. Oh, fuck! I'll have to send that to you because that's fucking great. Merry, Merry Christmas, Happy Happy Christmas, Merry Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. Merry Merry Christmas, Happy Happy Christmas, Merry Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. Have you ever heard the Cocteau Twins doing their cover of Frosty the Snowman, by yes. the way? <laughs> no, no, Winter Wonderland. It's Winter Wonderland. No, they do Frosty and the Snowman you, as it's well. It's the only Cocteau... Okay, it's the only Cocteau Twins song I know of where you can understand the lyrics. Yeah. When, but when, uh, you, when they do Frosty the Snowman, she, she does her like weird lilty la 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 when she's singing the actual chorus. It's really ridiculous, but it's so Cocteau Twinsy. <laughs> <laughs> it's good.
There's a Cindy Lauper Christmas album. Isn't she Jewish? Anyway, uh, there's plenty. <laughs> we should probably have a whole thing about Jewish people doing Christmas music, but she has a like song all of them. Called- all of the big hits were written by Jews. That's a th- the guy in Wolfpack. Uh, my my mother in law is a huge Wolfpack fan, and uh, the guy in that, his dad told him, "You need to do a Christmas song." Uh, because all Jews who are successful at songwriting have a Christmas song, and so he did Christmas in L.A. just for <laughs> yeah. just for that because he's a Jew and he needed a Christmas song. It's hilarious. Well, it's not like yeah, it's not like there's a an abundance <laughs> of Hanukkah songs out there. I mean, you get Adam Sandler yeah. and then that's it. So. Dreidel, 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 my dreidel made of clay. Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. <laughs> I pray it every day. It's a toe tapper. So yeah, so Hanukkah kind of gets the shaft this time of year as well. Uh, sorry, world. But hey, <laughs> Christmas music though—it's hey, fun. Man. Christmas music is fun. We're gonna end the episode here. We're gonna come back next week with a whole bunch more holiday shenanigans, as I mentioned in the in- intro. Um, you can always catch us on Twitter at MagHuge, um, at Facebook.com/slash/MagnificentlyHuge, on Instagram we're MagnificentlyHuge, or email MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com. I'm going to have the Magnificently Huge social feeds put out a link to my awesome bad Christmas music list because it is truly awesome and truly bad. You're going to love it. Um, I can't believe I didn't mention this song uh, during the episode, so I'm going to have to take you out with one of the worst songs ever recorded and one of the most awesome bad Christmas songs ever recorded. This is Justin Bieber featuring Buster Rhymes and Little Drummer Boy. We'll catch you next week. Surprised you didn't hear this in the Bible. I'm so tight, I might go psycho. Christmas time, so here's a recital. I'm so bad, like Michael. I know I'm still young, but I go, I go. Stupid, stupid, love like Cupid. I'm the drummer boy, so dope, dope.